Hello, my name's Jocelyn Frank, and welcome to this podcast by the International Monetary Fund. As increasingly prosperous countries like China and India buy up larger portions of the world's food stocks, the prices for some staples have steadily increased, and some low-income countries are struggling to buy what they need for their populations. Abhijit Banerjee of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology is the author of several books on global poverty. He says that low-income countries that don't produce their own food are in a bind. They need to find ways to secure food supplies and even consider moving their populations out of agriculture into more productive employment. At a recent seminar on commodity price volatility at the IMF, Banerjee spoke about what poor countries can do to protect their populations from surging food prices. But he began by explaining the impact of increasing global demand for food. There's a bunch of countries that are dealing with the fact that China's growth, which is a wonderful thing, and to a lesser extent India's growth, is increasing demand for a set of commodities. And if you happen to be a net buyer of those commodities, you're in trouble. If you take the countries which are basically um, food scarce, they are having a hard time right now. I mean, if you take the combination of the drought and a general rise in, in world food prices, a bunch of countries in Eastern Africa are having a very hard time. If we really think that commodity price instability is the way of the next 20 years, do we really want the poor people to be in the commodity industries, so in particular in agriculture? Right now, the rural sector is kind of an imperfect insurance mechanism. Most developing countries don't really have a safety net. You either go into retail or agriculture. Those are the two places where you, you end up. And my point is that that safety net has just got a lot less safe. It was never a great safety net, but now we've got an additional layer of risk on top of that. If that safety net kind of goes away, what's left? I think that I'm hearing you're encouraging labor to move away from agriculture and move away from food because of the instability, um, and yet maybe the bigger players should put their energy actually in that very sector. Absolutely. How do you get people out of agriculture? This is going to be the big challenge for the next 20 years. I think countries need to move some people out of agriculture and a different kind of people who can make bigger investments, who can raise productivity into agriculture. That's something that's going to happen. But it's, it's, it's something that's politically extremely fraught because what do you do with those people? What do you do with the people who are going to suddenly end up without an occupation? So I, I think countries are right in being very nervous about this issue. On the other hand, if productivity has to go up, that's something that will have to happen. This is a very delicate issue, probably the most difficult issue. Are you thinking of it in a, in a sort of theoretical space, these jobs that have not yet been created? Or is, are you thinking of it in a very concrete way when you're saying that people should be moving away from agriculture? If you ask me, can I name the industry in Kenya that's going to be the industry where they'll be absorbed? The answer is no. Jobs will have to be created. We will not know where. I mean, it certainly varies a lot. But I think a different kind of job, more urban, using more specific kinds of skills will emerge. You're very well known for both thinking about um, the economic policy from a macro perspective and a micro perspective. Can you give me an example of the way that situations can be improved for low-income countries on the macro level? I'm not a huge believer 
in the power of macro policy to, to directly help poor people. But if you want to think one thing, you, one direction you want to go, I think the obvious one is to think of what are better insurance mechanisms for countries as a whole I mean, which have to deal with food crises. I think the one set of issues that need to be dealt with is creating a set of insurance markets where countries can insure their main crops, for example. And that doesn't really exist. I mean, it kind of exists. I mean, there you could sell on the futures markets, but you know, if you are a major producer in these markets, the markets aren't actually great for providing insurance. So you really do want to think of mechanisms for l linking to commodity prices. So do you see commodity volatility then as a macro or a micro problem? All problems are eventually micro problems because it's people's lives that get affected by them. And to be honest, different people's lives get affected differently. If you think of somebody who has rise in uh, soybean prices, who has three acres of land is probably doing well out of that. And But somebody who has one acre and he has to buy food since he's a net buyer of food, that's actually bad for him. So it's always a micro problem. And that was economics professor Abhijit Banerjee, he attended a seminar held at the IMF earlier this fall on commodity price volatility. To hear more interviews about food prices and other economic issues, go to www.imf.org slash podcasts. <laughs>